Hey, Hannah. Hannah? Hannah? The movie buffs! Oh, hey, guys. Yes, this is a solo episode. My first, the first of movie buff kind. And it's weird. Like, I'm quite literally staring at a wall without my best friend to discuss movies. Um, but I, guys, I had to pop in and have an episode here. Hannah has not seen these movies. And to be honest, they're not really like her sort of like style of movies, which like totally get. I had to like, <laughs> I was like trying to explain the plot of Triangle of Sadness to her. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's like a bunch of people on a boat and like, it's kind of like Parasite and like White Lotus and like, and she's like, no, 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 not, not for me. So you know what? That's totally fine. Everyone has their own sort of genre and I'm probably, well, first of all, how the heck are you guys? Um, I don't know where you're, where you're currently at. You know, we've had some gorgeous, gorgeous weather, so I've not been in it because I, I don't know, maybe this is controversial, but when it's February, which it is, I don't want the pressure of going outside. It's still technically winter. So I'm allowed to hibernate. Like I'm allowed to not leave my house. I don't want the pressure of the sun being like, it's time to get outside, like get on a hike. I'm like, I'll chat with you in May. I'll chat with you in June. Like, give me a few months. I'm still hibernating. I'm very pale. You know, I'm just eating. I'm watching my films. I just don't really want to be disturbed. So when the sun comes out too early, I'm a little bit like, you know, this is great, but like a little inconvenient for me because I'm kind of still in my groove here. So part of that groove has been getting to some movies that I not have been putting off, but I think there's just... There's always like a to be watched list in the back of my mind, as I'm sure a lot of you guys have. You're just like, you know, you're you're at work and a coworker is like, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah? And you're like, no. And they go, oh, and you're like, OK. And you get this big reaction. And then, you know, in the back of your mind, you think, OK, I'll I'll watch that at some point. Um, but I had a couple of movies that just friends kept recommending to me. And I was honestly pretty surprised that I hadn't seen them. But I don't know, just life got a little busy, um, kind of moved across the, the country, uh, didn't get around to it. But this week, I finally got around to watching The Triangle of Sadness and Anatomy of a Fall. So let's chat about The Triangle of Sadness. This is a movie that came out last year, uh, I believe in 2020. Um, and I know I'm probably one of the very few people who haven't yet seen this movie, but I think I didn't understand what it was about. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking it was about like male models. And I remember thinking that's probably not for me. I don't think I'd enjoy it, but I had a friend quite literally what I was saying earlier, um, at work, she was like, you must watch it. And so finally sat down to watch it. And you guys, this movie was insane. It's by Swedish director Ruben Ostlund. I have no idea if I just butchered that, but we're going with it, Ruben. Great sandwich, by the way. Um, this movie is freaking wild. It it talks about class. It talks about privilege. It talks about beauty. It quite literally talks about so many different topics. And it's a great movie that I think on the surface the meaning is kind of spelled out. Like you don't, it doesn't take a master 
of film or creativity or cinematography to be like, I wonder what he was saying. Like, you know exactly what he's saying. This is a movie at its core about equality of people and the inequality of people and what happens when the hierarchy is completely flipped on itself. This group of people, they're on this luxury cruise, you know, they're being tended to. It sort of reminded me of Below Deck, which is an incredible reality show about the people who are on these yachts who like help tend to serve these horrible rich people. Um, and this movie is, wow. I mean, it, it takes so many different directions. You're kind of like on the edge of your seat because you really don't know where it's going. I hadn't seen the trailer in its entirety. Again, I thought this was about male models. So when everybody started puking and we washed up on an island, I was like, what the frick is happening? But I loved it. It was wild. It was insightful. Basically, to my earlier point, at the surface, you know exactly what this is about. But if you really like zone in on some of the takes, some of the music choices, the costumes, you're kind of like, whoa, he's saying so much more in in very small, subtle details. And I love when directors do that. I love when they give some semblance to lay people, like this is what it's about. And then they give like some subtle rewards to the people who are really paying attention. Like, did you catch that? We're referencing this again. You know, one of my favorite scenes was, um, Carl and Yaba, I think her name was, um, played by Charles B. Dean Creek, um, South African model who very, very tragically passed away, which I did not realize until I sort of dug into the cast list here. But there's a scene where they're at a restaurant and they're kind of having this disagreement about who's going to pick up the bill. And it felt so confronting and real and sort of set up a tone for the movie where you weren't really sure you know, I think instinctively when we're watching a movie, we want to know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, you know, who are we trying to root for? And this movie, it didn't really feel like there was a good guy, a bad guy. I mean, there was clearly a higher class, you know, the people who are on the yacht that were not necessarily meant to root for. But on the flip side, I didn't necessarily really want to root for Abigail or the captain or, you know, the help who... I don't know. I, I think that there's, you know, a lot to be said in that. But Triangle of Sadness, oh my goodness, it was so, so wonderful. I mean, I don't think I need to say this because I'm sure most of you have. If you've not seen it, highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. And to the people who have, can we just take a moment and talk about the ending? What the frick? What the heck? No, no, no. I'm sorry. But the fact that they were stranded on an island that happened to be a luxury resort is so, so telling of what this director was trying to say. The fact that they were probably less than a mile away to paint the scene, all of these washed up people. There's a handful of the privileged people. There's a handful of the service people. I think there's only one or two. Actually, I think there was one and the second was a pirate. So... The hierarchy sort of flips and the service lady who was working on the ship at in like the custodial services, she becomes the ringleader. She's doing the fishing. She's doing the hunting. She's doing the fire building. 
And so the model, Carl, kind of befriends her, begins to have a sexual relationship with her so he can sort of advance. And so you see this woman, Abigail, sort of carry all of the power in this world. She's thriving. She has what she probably has never had before, authority, a relationship with a man who's much younger, much more attractive than her. You know, she's calling the shots. So she ends up going on a hike with the model Yaya. Oh my gosh, I hope that that's her freaky name. Let's just go with it. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. I mean, she's great. They go on a hike and they discover that they're on a luxury resort. The fact that they are less than a mile away from luxury where the hierarchy that existed three days ago when they were on the yacht is present and existent. No wonder that Abigail ultimately decides to, well, they don't tell you how the movie ends, but you see her holding a rock over Yaba's. Oh my gosh, guys, what the flip is her name? Okay. South African actress. They hold, she holds a rock over her head because she doesn't want to go back to the way that things were, where she was probably mistreated, forgotten. You know, she doesn't have any children. She doesn't have much of a social sort of currency. But in this world where they're on an island and she gets to sleep with Yaya's boyfriend, she's thriving. So we don't know how it ends, but you can imagine. And I think the director wants you to assume that Abigail kills the model because she doesn't want the whole rest of the gang to figure out that the luxury island actually exists. She wants to carry on this fantasy a little bit longer. And I think it's just such a potent movie about money. It's about beauty. It's about privilege. It's about all of these things that I think we love to yabber on about. But I think when we have a movie like this, where it's at the beginning feels very real, it feels very raw, you know, just a couple discussing money seems a little harmless, simple, and it sort of increases steadily without you fully really expecting it in absurdity and sort of crassness. You're just like, I mean, the whole discussion between the captain and um, I can't remember his name, but one of the big guys who's one of the um, ship participants. He is a very, very wealthy man. They're sort of discussing socialism and cap and capitalism and communism. And some of the quotes that they're discussing, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's so many good nuggets in here. It's crazy. I thought it was so wonderful. So um, yeah, that segment was kind of for the people who's already seen the movie because I just freaking spoiled it. Can we talk about anatomy of a fall? Guys, I should serve a prison sentence for waiting so long to watch this movie. I should stand on French trial for how long it took for me to sit down and watch this movie. The thing is, I'm a bit of a snob. I have an AMC A-list membership, not to toot my own horn. It's pretty baller. If a movie that I want to see is not playing at AMC, I'm not going to see it. If I'm not seeing Nicole Kidman splash in a puddle of rain, I'm not going to watch it because I've already paid for it. So Anatomy of a Fall was never playing at AMC, which bothers me. I'm like, why? Literally, why? They're playing like all of the big hits because they got to stay afloat. I'm like, that's fine. Where's all the indie stuff? Um, So finally, AMC is kind of doing this Oscar nomination sort of recycle of these Oscar nominated movies. Anatomy of a Fall finally, finally popped back in. And guys, I just got back from seeing it and we need to talk about it. In my opinion, Anatomy of a Fall 
requires a level of patience from an audience member similar to that of a person sitting and watching a trial. I think there's an element of watching this movie that requires you to draw your own conclusions. I mean, you don't really know what happened at the, the at the end of this film. And I'm not saying that giving anything away. I left the theater. There was a big group that walked out with me. They were all chatting about it. I mean, one guy was like, well, she obviously did it. And his wife was like, no, she didn't. I was like, classic marriage dynamic. It's not ironic that the man thought she did it and the woman thought she's innocent. It's not ironic. I'm sorry about that. Um, but I think this movie doesn't give much away. It, it gives you clues. I think it gives you sort of the freedom to explore and take the evidence of the fall, you know, whether this is a murder, whether this is a suicide, whether this is an accident. But I think it's a little bit away. It's given away a little bit, I think, in the title. Anatomy of a Fall. This isn't anatomy of a trial. This isn't anatomy of a marriage. This isn't anatomy of a murder. This is anatomy of a fall. The fall of Samuel, who is the husband, who we don't see much of. It really does circle around Sandra, who is the mother. Vincent, her lawyer, and Daniel, her son. Those are kind of the, the big players here. It's a movie that sort of, I don't know, I think, I think it, it was really, it spoke to so many things, I think similar to Triangle of Sadness, which I loved. I think at the surface, it, it sort of told you, you know, at the surface what it could be, but I think there were clues in the way that some of the things were filmed and the fact that there was no musical soundtrack sort of like No Country for Old Men. I mean, that was one of the first of its kind to do that. This movie very, very, I think specifically doesn't use music because it doesn't really call for it. There wasn't a moment, I think, in this film that really called for much music. I know we had some in the beginning, we had some at the end, but sort of the only music that was accompanying the movie was the music that Daniel was playing on the piano, and he wasn't He was only really practicing, playing little keys. You didn't have the full piece, which I think is such a great way to describe this movie and the case. You don't have a full score. You don't have a full piece of music. It's just a few pieces of of keys played here and there. And I think that that's done really strategically. And I think you can argue you don't really know exactly what happens at the end. But I wonder if the director, Justine Tret, Treat, she knows. She finished the movie. She wrote the movie. I wonder if she knew exactly what happened in this in this movie. And it's... I don't even really know how to sort of describe the acting of this, of this film. I mean, if... I know there's a lot of people favored for best actress. I know there's a lot of people favored, but I really think that Sandra Huller, I don't know exactly how to say her last name. Gosh, all of these foreign films, all of these foreign names, I think her performance in this, I have chills actually thinking about it. 
I quite literally forgot this was a movie. It felt so real. I really felt like I was watching a woman on trial. I felt like I watched a woman really, really wrestle. I didn't feel like she was giving lines. I felt like she was speaking as it was happening to her. And it sort of added a whole nother layer of empathy. It added a whole nother layer of uncertainty as well. Because the movie sort of unfolds. And I think there's elements of it that make you think, you know, if you listen to true crime or you are involved, you know, you like that kind of stuff. You think the, you know, all roads lead to Sandra. Like she, she pushed him. She killed him. This is evident. And I think if you laid it out on paper, you know, marriage, struggling, financial issues, um, adultery, all of these things, I think it would be really easy to see all of these neon signs pointing to her. But when you see her performance and really the unraveling of, of Sandra and her process of delivering the evidence and recalling arguments and conversations she had had with her husband, Samuel, before he died, you're like, holy frick, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I think it's also really confronting because I think if you pull pieces of your own life out of context, what sort of a narrative would it depict? Probably not what's accurate to your actual life. Oh, Erica woke up at 10 a.m., didn't leave her house, drank a glass of wine before she went to bed. You're probably drawing sort of conclusions that aren't super accurate to the whole span of my life, which is I like to be active. Contrary to what I said at the beginning. Go outside, be with my family, sing, perform, dance, act, do all of these different things. But if you're just looking at the whole scope of my life through one day, it's probably not very accurate. I think this movie very strategically sort of unpacks what would happen to somebody's life if everything was scrutinized, everything was put under a microscope and sort of put on trial quite literally as evidence to sort of figuring out if you committed a crime or not or committed, you know, were lazy or, you know, whatever conclusions people are trying to draw about little pieces of your life. It's really confronting. It's really confronting. I think there's one sort of monologue that's kind of going viral or people are chatting about where she goes, you're not a victim. You know, you are, you have, you are the result of your choices. And she's standing under the stairs and she's kind of pointing at him. But there was another monologue that she gave. I don't even know if it would be considered a monologue. It was just a few sentences where she's in the trial and she says, you know, marriage is chaos. Sometimes we fight together. Sometimes I fight with you. He fights with me. Sometimes we fight against each other. And that's just, that's just the reality. And I think that we so, so, so easily want to put people on trial, put situations on trial. And this is getting like kind of philosophical, but sort of, I mean, I just saw it. So, hey, I'm my most philosophical on my drive home from the movie, which is quite literally what I've just done. But I think we love to categorize I love to categorize. I want to know exactly what's going on. I want to know. I, I, I want to make something black and I want to make something white because it's easier to process. It's easier to digest. And I think this movie is really kind of trying to call you out on that and say there wasn't a perpetrator in the failure of this marriage. There was simply 
this is the anatomy of it. This is the skeleton of it. And it led to tragedy, but maybe there's not somebody at fault. That is sort of my takeaway. Granted, the middle-aged man that I walked out with disagreed. So what can you do? What can you say? I'm rooting for this one at the Oscars. I'm rooting for so many films. I cannot wait to see what's going to take it home, what's going to win, what's going to lose, but I'm rooting for this one and I hope you guys will too. That was the wrap of my solo episode. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I know it wasn't very riveting. Hannah's really the, the special sauce here. So I appreciate you tuning in and I can't wait to chat with you guys soon. I hope you're having a great week and can't wait to chat here very soon. The movie buffs.